This is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Russell Miller, we talk about Freedom Theatricals, Stephen Schwartz and Broadway Baby, his newest children's picture book that came out this past Monday. So I hope you enjoy this part two with Russell Miller and keep on keeping on. I'm just so curious what you witnessed in terms of community, culture, and differences that you noticed from the UK to the US. Because I think it's very important to touch on these, uh, <laughs> that the world is much bigger than just what we think it is in one city or one location or one town. So I'm curious if there's anything that stood out in your minds, in your mind in reference to this, you know, multicultural traveling and ways of doing business and all of those conversations. Yeah, I mean, I've always felt that London is a is a sort of a little mini New York. Really, it's like a it's like a New York light. You know, <laughs> it, the, the 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 drive is there. Sure. But I've been I've been absolutely in love with New York since I was a child. There's there's no getting away from that. So the opportunity was always going to be there. And I think in terms of what was visible, you know, I think I think they're very similar places. And and I think the the wonderful thing about both those cities, for, for me, as the best comparisons, is it is, it is you know, the, the multicultural, it, it is the fact that you meet so many different people, and, but yet, when you're working as a team, you all do generally come together, and I think that's, that's the part that I think I, I would struggle moving out of, of a city or being at least linked to a city for work, where you have all of that diversity and, and you have those different often brilliant minds that you can surround yourself with and, and get really into some really wonderful things. And, and I think, be it sports, be it theatre, you know, there, there, there's so much interlink to, to business in sports. Uh, and and that, was a, that was a big learning piece for me with the Olympics is how familiar that all was to me from running a commercial theatre business to then running a sports event to then coming to Broadway and seeing, well, actually, principally, our, our business principles are exactly the same. You know, there's, there's some nuances there in terms of, of you know, the, the unions and things, but actually the more that I got to meet these people and got deeper into how the business works, things weren't that similar, just the scale was a little different, I think. Yeah. Why, why Freedom Theatricals? Why the name? Why create it? Why Freedom? That's a great question. This was very much, so Corey Brunish, who's my very dear friend and now uh, into sort of almost fourth year of partners on Freedom Theatricals. Uh, he's, a, he's a three-time Tony Award winner and an absolutely stunning chap. Mm. And when we got together, having I'd left the business over here, another restructure, and it was time for me to consider what I wanted to do as a next step. And, and that for me meant staying in the US because I loved it. Love it. Yeah. And I sat down and his uh, lovely wife, Jessica, and we were chatting and I had some ideas on, uh, on some productions that would be different and sort of edgy and a new opportunity to, to look at things in a different way. And he seemed to feel the vibe. And so I think freedom felt important for us both because it meant doing things differently. And it meant, as we put on our website, uh, you know, it is the the, the freedom to, to thrive and the freedom, the freedom to create 
and to succeed. And I, I think for me personally, having been predominantly been running big commercial theatre organisations, to suddenly be my own boss and to, to be able to make and make the calls that often you have to jump through several hoops and cut plenty of tape to get to, and to really do those things and express myself now creatively uh, was wonderful. And freedom didn't feel like something, you know, that should be anything other than, than, than what we were trying to do. And, and, and that is it. It's, we're, we're free to do it all. And what was the direction that you guys were immediately talking about with taking the company? What kind of stories did you want to tell? Because you have, you know, with the connection with Meteor 17, which we'll talk about as well, Mm. there's so much to cover. Uh, What was that initial conversation on, you know, specific stories the two of you want to tell? Well, it's interesting because, you know, with the productions that Corey's been involved in, you know, be it investment or producing, and with his Tony Awards, you know, Carol King, Tootsie, yeah. uh, Once on This Island, lots of great stuff. And and I think what we what we realised really early on was that there's plenty of room for producers. You know, there's always a, there's always a producer. There's never a you. <laughs> but what we what we knew was that we could create something that was unique in terms of. I think there are a lot of people, and I'm in my forties now, so. I feel that I have a lot of friends or a lot of people I know, certainly, that probably don't really go to the theatre very much, but they do enjoy being entertained. And particularly, they're into music, they're into concerts. And so we had some conversations and through some of the people that we both knew, we started getting into some really interesting stuff that was very much music-centric. And and I think when we we went to see a few things and, and we thought, you know what, there's a chance here to make theatre something really that is, 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 that is more than what it is right now. It can be a lot more things to a lot more people. And that is about just sort of maybe creating something that's slightly less sugar-coated, but has some music-centric makeup that brings people into something because they like that artist or because they like that style of music. And that doesn't mean that we're, we're not creating a theatrical production, but it means that we're not going, you know, to, to the extent of a Jersey Boys, but we might not also be going to the extent of a Bruce Springsteen on Broadway and trying to find a little bit of middle ground where we can incorporate that and have something that's edgy, informative, um, and, and, and it has the audience asking questions, but they're entertained and they're coming because... They know what they're coming to see, albeit it's something very different to them that they might not normally, you know, have engaged with. Um, so, you know, trying to make theatre more accessible, which I think is really a principle or should be a principle of every producer, because, you know, that's what keeps theatre alive is, is introducing, you know, theatre to people. And whether that's through a music centric play with music or, or musical production or whether it's a theatre based book for children it's about saying to people, come on, engage. This is a, this is a great place to be. You're, you're going to get value here. Yes. And about the book, I wanted to touch on this. Uh, Broadway Baby is coming out. It's yeah. already, it, it, you can already buy it right now at the time of this recording at the Playbill store, that's, uh, and they ship internationally. Um, but we, have, we are going to be having this episode air the day that it, it fully releases, which is so exciting. I want to talk about where did that come from? Where were you? Why did you have that idea? What was that thought in your mind to create this children's picture book? Who'd have thought? This is, <laughs> yeah. 
slightly slightly random perhaps but um <laughs> it, it, it was actually the, the the book the baby if you like was born uh, as a result of of, of cory my partner uh, producing partner's uh, baby girl uh, he and jessica had a beautiful baby olivia uh, just one year ago in august last year and i was looking for a gift for her for them and something special that was theater centric and i knew exactly Exactly what I wanted to get, and there was nothing out there. And what I was looking for was a unique, very theatrical, uh, very wholesome kind of evergreen theatre book that was something that theatre people would really gel with and would really engage with. And there was just nothing. And so I just thought, okay, well, I'll write it. I'll have a go. And so I did, and and uh, I sat on it for a bit and I shared it with Corey and he loved it and um, he thought it would be perfect for, for Olivia to something to read to her at, at night and, and, and share with her for, for years to come and so we I went about looking at how that would work and, and Spencer who we're working with on Meteor 17 his wife Judy is, is a phenomenally successful uh, journalist and, and publisher and I shared it with him just really to, to get his thoughts on on whether it's worth exploring further. And I think within two weeks I had a contract, which was <laughs> amazing. And, and it's, it's just blown me away. But it, 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 the journey of it is, is everything that I believe in, in terms of if I, if I was a child now, I, I think I, I would have loved something like this book because it is, it's what I didn't have. And, and I think when, you, when you're young and, and you're looking, as I said before, to sort of belong to something and be associated with something, uh, you know, every, if you're a kid and you're into soccer, you know, you have your soccer team, whereas actually in the theatre world, you might have a favourite show, but other than wearing a bit of show merchandise, as a child, there's nothing to to have that is a, a piece of theatre as a character. Yeah. And that's really where, where the, the baby just comes in and the, and the book is a, is, is a, a very, you know, theatre-centric uh, journey and really the Broadway and the theatre which you know ever more poignant now with everything that's going on with COVID yeah yeah it's a nice way to bring it into the home <laughs> considering you can't go to the theatre so that's it's it it's, is. it's interesting the timeliness of it yeah it's, and, and it never and it was never written as a COVID book and it and it isn't a COVID book although there is right. a, there's a quite delightful illustration in there with baby wearing a mask but <laughs> it, it never it was never engineered for that at all it was it was really written as a as a baby's sort of dream trip into um, in, into theatre land, and, and because of that, now where we are, it's the principle, the premise of it has changed slightly, or the perspective rather, not the premise, the perspective of it has changed sure. slightly, where it is now, you know, looking back at theatre that we miss rather than acknowledging the love of theatre that we were enjoying. Right, right. Do you have do you have more that have popped into your mind now? That you've opened, yeah. opened the mind. Well, we have all sorts. We, I mean, the second one is is technically written, okay, but it, it is much is much more. I mean, there, there's there's so many extensions to it. It's it's a it's a wonderful wonderful journey, really. And and baby is going to meet lots of different people and do lots of different things, and not necessarily the sort of regular children's book approach to uh, ABCs and all of that. But but that's not to say that won't happen. But right. sticking with the theatrical theme of you know other, other visits and journeys uh it's it's a it's a it's going to be a great 
great time, I think. And it's been a wonderful tonic in, in all of this sort of dark, dark time as well. So I, I hope that that is something that brings a little bit of light to, to those that want to read it as, as, as theatre lovers that, that are missing, you know, the theatre and everything that we love about live entertainment. I, I love that y- your path and the decisions you've made have been so varied. You know, it's it's always been in the entertainment lane and with the Olympics and general managing, but then to go and create a book because it was, you know, there was a, a need that was missing for you and then to go create it. I, I think that's fantastic. It's a, it's a mind-opening experience to listen to you and your journey of, well, it wasn't there, so I did it. <laughs> well, I guess sometimes it's things are born of necessity and, and, and I think being in a sort of a full-time corporate job, if you like, as, as I was with the running the theatres, it's kind of difficult to, well, it's also contracts that stop you doing too much of, of your own stuff, but it's, it's difficult to find the time to pursue anything. And, and I've always felt very entrepreneurial, but never really been able to exercise that, not because I didn't want to, but because I was perfectly happy and very infused and, 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 and focused on everything I was doing in the roles that I've been doing. So I, I absolutely have been blessed in that respect and i think i would say you know to, to follow those dreams if, if you have them of things that you're passionate about and enjoy i think it certainly changes your perspective about what it is all about yeah. and, and getting to a point where you've come out of that of the other side of that and, and i did a lot of reevaluating about what was important to me and at this juncture be it the book or be it the producing actually i decided i, I want to do things now that i haven't done completely and fully and explore and experiment and create and, and use my experience of, of all of this sort of commercial business acumen to, to sort of make something significant for, you know, myself and, and do things that give me goosebumps. And, and that's, I, I think, a principal thing that Corey and I are doing, and particularly now with Spencer over at Meteor 17 and his wonderful team there, is that they hold a very similar value. We all hold the same value of only really doing projects that really give us the goosebumps and that are exciting rather than chasing down, oh, we need to do that because, you know, that's, that's a really lucrative opportunity or that's not what, what it's about. And, and we can be in that way, I think, quite selective. And, and if things are successful, that's great. I mean, we're aiming for that. Of course we are. Right. But to do it and enjoy it and love it, that's what gets us out of bed in the morning and that's what makes us work till one in the morning. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I would be remiss if I did not bring up the Stephen Schwartz documentary. I love yeah. documentaries. <laughs> I cannot wait to see this one. Um, are, do you have, so first off, do you have any favorite styles or documentaries that you've witnessed or you know any, anything that you enjoy about the documentaries that are already out? And then part two to that, we'll jump into this whole, how did the Stephen Schwartz documentary come about for you? Yeah, I mean, the docu- it feels like documentaries are just, they're just, well, I, I guess this is probably a, a, a COVID thing. I mean, you know, that, that's understandable. And I feel like in, in terms of everything that we've been doing, it's hard to ignore that whilst we're inside and we can't go to the theatre, we're only ever going to go and turn the television on and, and sit down and in, enjoy all of that. So... I've, I've really been excited about getting this off the ground. And I think that, you know, Stephen is, is particularly inspirational in his journey 
is, is something I think that we've, from the get-go, when we first started these conversations, been just overwhelmed by, you know, his his humility and, and his approach to, to people and to creating. And I think that there was so much for us to learn in, in the first instance in terms of, you know, his obvious successes, but his noble failures as well, which are a big part of how we're going to underpin you know what the was going to what the documentary sorry is going to to look and feel like um so yeah so i i think you know there's been a lot to embrace with all of that uh, spencer's very very well versed in the documentary lane it's a, a newer thing for me but i know what i like and i know, and I, I, I have a, a certain style that i i think is um relevant to all of this and, and the conversations that we've had with Stephen have been fantastic and he's an absolute pleasure to work with and we have Carol DeGear who wrote Defying Gravity, his, his book and she's advising us as a, as a consultant so that's phenomenal Phenomenal because they've spent almost eight years together uh, you know, working wow. working through all of the, the, the differences of what's happened in his career so we're in a, in a great place but um, in terms of what I've, what sort of documentaries that I'm, I'm into, i I will literally watch anything and everything. Uh, at the moment, a lot of it is to work out, you know, how how best we're going to a- adapt the things that we're working on. And we have so many things. I mean, Corey and and Spencer and I are, are producers equally for the Schwartz um, documentary, uh, but with the other stuff that that Spencer has running, he has a production with uh, Don McLean that's going ahead now, and Eddie Kramer and Lamont Dozier, all really big, high profile and significant things. But we want to make sure that we're approaching it in a contemporary way and making really great content. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I will watch anything. Spencer most recently did a great documentary called Chasing Train, which is the uh, documentary of John Coltrane, the, the jazz saxophonist. And that was phenomenal. And we're actually working with John Scheinfeld, who directed that. He will be directing the Stephen Schwartz documentary. So we're thrilled about that. It's absolutely fantastic documentary thoroughly enjoyed that but i think the last thing i watched was probably the the michael jordan doc which was the, um, the last dance yeah which as a as a, as a actually yeah the, the uk guy enjoying basketball there we go but back in the day that was not quite so accessible in the uk as it obviously has been over here so it was right. fascinating for me to see how that was put together and it really sort of filled in a lot of gaps uh, for me and having been a big michael jordan fan you know, from back in the day there, that was great. Had a really, you know, well, well put together uh, film, really. So, yeah. I'm just so excited to see the um, the future of what you create as well. I can't wait to see this documentary. I know with the pandemic, it might have, did it delay um, filming, creating, production in general? Or are you guys still moving ahead just fine? Yeah. Uh, for, for which? Sorry, yeah, sorry. for Stephen Schwartz, the documentary Defying Gravity. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, so we're, we're, yeah, I mean, we are, we're going through it now. We're getting, getting the creatives together now. Uh, we, we'd already lined John Scheinfeld up because he's great and he, you know, this is perfect for him and, and Stephen really likes the sensibilities that he has and his style and the, the, the level that he's been working at. So we're aligned there and you know, we're, we're engaging now, we're putting putting all of the plans in place. So I think the only benefit of, of COVID is that for things like this, and, and be it, um, you know, be it theatrical or be it uh, film, we can continue to get the development wheels moving. 
And one thing I think when when it all hit, we, we did feel that it was important that we that we kept our focus and made a made our focus even more, you know, the horizon beyond the horizon, if as it were, uh, sure. in preference to to anything at sort of doorstep view, because this isn't going to last forever, and we have to be prepared. Um, and, and and there's so many people that are, you know, cautiously anxious and waiting advice and direction. And, you know, I, I suppose a little bit of this goes back to the Olympics in terms of, you know, the planning that was involved in that and there being a there being a backup plan for everything and then a backup plan for the backup plan <laughs> and on and repeat the fade. And it, right. but it really was like that. It was it was phenomenal. So a part of that, I think, has now been ingrained in me much more. I've always been a little bit like that, but much more now. And, and when this all hit, we had to really sort of evaluate where we were going. And I think we had already pivoted from purely theatre realizing that actually there is an opportunity for you know making not just a more robust production uh style with streaming and with all of the other things that can bolt onto that but also just making it much more interesting and exciting and, and, and experiential for the audiences as well and i think we're not afraid to cross into those territories that that some others might that are more perhaps more traditional not that there's anything wrong with that at all Right. But, you know, we like the idea of, of just sort of stepping into the unknown and the other areas. Once we get this position and we ever get back to normal, if it ever happens again, we, we will have sort of fully considered that and put that into our plan so that we don't end up, you know, having to take steps back. We can continue to grow and flourish and keep people employed and do good which is something that we all need. I mean, you, you're an entertainer. You, you get this more than anybody. Oh, yeah. Right now, these, these are the times where we need entertainment, be it during crises, war, pandemic now, we add to the, the mix. Um, you know, all of these things are critical and, and they, they, they get us through the dark times and they, they help us paint the pictures and, and, you know, they paint the moral paintings of, of, of our society socially on the day-to-day -day and politically and all of those things. Now, we, we don't have that. To hand anymore and, and I, I certainly feel like it's it's definitely left a, a, a cavernous void there right now 100 percent, i do completely agree and with all of this going on you know with the pandemic and everything that has shifted in life for you what's most important these days generally yeah gen yeah generally, very general, yeah. yeah highly general yeah uh i think balance you know it's it's sure. interesting trying to to work out the day-to-day -day where you know I've, I've been used to working in an office for all of my life working in a theater office and and transitioning out of that was interesting and i've now been doing that for a number of years that i'm actually very very happy and, and had previously to, to covid plenty of trips in to to visit with our general manager in in manhattan or the, the ad agency or whoever and now with everything that's going on and the craziness of, of what's going on I feel like the, the adjustment is knowing which day it is <laughs> you know having to adapt into zoom calls which are, are much more prevalent now than they ever were and they're, they're little nuances but everybody's sort of feeling this sort of immediate shift and it's, it's more than just now everybody's working from home. It's, it's the adjustments to those that have got families or, 
you know, other commitments and, and trying to maintain a new regime of health and, and keeping physically active, keeping socially engaged. I mean, there's certainly been times where, you know, you, you're sort of chatting with people and you can tell that people haven't been socially engaged. You know, it, it's, it's one of those things where you, 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 those social skills rust up if they're not being lubricated regularly. And, right. and it's, it's a fascinating <laughs> thing, but it's, they're important to my mind. They're important things to, to really remember and, and, and try and, you know, keep the skill set there and, and keep active and keep focused and motivated on, on doing things that are for your own health and your own balance of, you know, not necessarily working all hours God send and, and having family time and, you know, making those phone calls and, and sitting down and having a proper dinner and, you know, having a, an evening. <laughs> right. Um, and it can't always happen and it can't, but I, I think I, if nothing else, I, I, I really hope, even just sort of a, a, from a societal point of view, that there's an opportunity with the reset that is in inevitably going to happen from this, that maybe we at least look at things in a different way now and kind of realign a little bit in terms of what's important, because we can all still really work hard, I feel, and, and, and still have a little bit of balance there and appreciate the moment and the time, because life is short and all of that. Yeah, stuff that I feel is very, very, very much of the moment right now. Are there changes you've made that have increased positivity and decreased negativity? Oh, it's been a bit up and down. I mean, it's been a, it's been an interesting. <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> it, it, really, it really has. Uh, I, it, I lost my father in 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 at Easter, uh, which oh, really it wasn't a it wasn't a COVID thing, but it it did mm. that did really take the wind out of me and, and not being able to get back to London has, has been very difficult with that. Um, yes. So, you know, that in terms of trying to deal with COVID and trying to, and luckily it wasn't COVID related, but it still had an impact because everything's COVID. So, you know, the restrictions that were in place, you know, everything becomes virtual. So that's sort of been a test and, you know, trying to focus on, there's always someone out there that is really having a much worse time and, and things could be a lot more difficult. And, you know, our business is thriving and I'm working with amazing people and I love what I do still. I miss my dad so much, yeah. but I miss my family so much and I miss my friends so much. And, and I just have to put that into perspective and focus on the positives that are there because I know that my dad wouldn't want me to be looking and being doom and gloom about what's happened. Um, right. And, and again, going back to the book briefly, uh, as my dad was a theatre guy himself, as a as a technical manager, uh, the the publishers have very very kindly allowed me to uh, allow me a full page, an, an illustrated full page in in memory of my dad. Oh, so all of those sweet. things are positive, you know. And, yeah. and and it's it would be so easy to be oh, you know, isn't it? Isn't life tough right now? But it is. But it's a lot tougher for a lot of other people. And uh, again, <laughs> plug 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 the book. But it isn't. I, I feel that the book is is something that's precious for that. It's something to hold on to and be happy about, and, and, and particularly when we have no theatre. Uh, and for me, it's been an absolute tonic, you know, as a, as a positive, warm, happy, friendly focus to, to, to go to on, on the day-to-day -day and seeing these wonderful images come through and, uh, you know, working on the pros with Judy, who's really helped. Judy's a massive, massive theatre fan, and, and she really gave another perspective to my sort of professional theatre concept and, and verse to her fan aspect of that. So, again, it just sort of provides some 
warmth to us both really we've really enjoyed the journey and, and i hope that it, it it you know maybe soothes some some angst in this time as well you know you know i've been having that conversation a lot lately with uh many different walks of life and entertainment that you know escapism happiness just positivity is so necessary right now and so um cathartic healing you know it's a medication so to speak and you know i think i definitely think broadway baby brings that you know to even see the joy of a child's face on a parent's you know eyes is just powerful stuff you can't get that from the doctor (laughs) <laughs> and no, no. I do think the book is I do think the book is incredibly timely and I, I do think that might be a bit of what the future of musical theater looks like you know just in general it's that escapism just joy humor yeah. happiness yes so. I mean and it should be something that brings us all together and is accessible and you know is, is diverse and all of those good things and there's undoubtedly some work to be done there in all corners yeah. but I think the book certainly strives to, to, to bring that together yeah. and to give children, I think, that are so, uh, those are at that early age, you know, from birth, to give them that inspiration and that insight into this magical world where you can be whatever you want to be, whatever you want to be, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever, whatever. Sure. <laughs> it's there. And, 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 and that's, a, that's a really, particularly at this moment in time, pre-election, you know, that's a really important message, I think, that is about the importance of arts and theatre as something that builds confidence and gives children an outlet where they can be supported and they can be loved and felt comfortable in an environment where they're only ever given advice and, and, and you know, nurtured to become good and better at whatever they want to be. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree anymore. I, uh, as, we, as we wrap up here... I'm curious, is there a word or a phrase that you would put on a billboard for millions of people to see, metaphorically speaking? I think, well, there's been a, there's been a couple of quite inspirational people, I think, that I would just mention in answer to that question. Sure. I, I always took a lot from Jack Welch, now sadly passed, of, of previous General Electric uh, management, and he, he was transformatory for me in, in terms of his style and approach and, and his book winning I, I really got into and have shared and gifted so many times yeah. over the years um, because it has so much in there and there's there's a wealth of you know good things that could be put onto a billboard from <laughs> stuff that he said but yeah. the thing that stands out to me which isn't his but I felt it was important to sort of mention him because he's such an inspiration um, was actually a, a thing, and I think a lot of people have probably used it, but um, the, the quote, fail to prepare, prepare to fail, yeah. was something that was used a lot in the theatre training uh, plans that we would put together in the West End, and also in the Olympics. And, it, and it, it's a, I think it was born of a, of a sports analogy, but it, it really kind of said it all for, for us and everything that we did and something that we instilled into our teams as something that just you know lines you up for success and and makes you make sure that you've that you've done what you need to do and that you've that you've got it you know and if you haven't if you haven't put that advanced time in you're not going to get the output that you were that you require now and i think 
that's an interesting thing right now to put on a billboard because I feel like in this world of, you know, everything so immediate and, and the expectations is I, I, I want that now and I want to be that now and I want to earn that now and I must own that now. In actual fact, it is about a journey and it is about preparation and, and I feel that the, that the way to, to that route of success is about having good solid plans and working really hard. So that hopefully is yeah. a good outline for that. No, that's that's absolutely that's absolutely true though. I um I I'm so grateful that we could have this conversation today. I I know when this Thanks, airs, October nineteenth, uh, we can yep. say the book is out now. <laughs> I love it. Where say that again if you will, Clay. <laughs> yeah, the book is out now. <laughs> I uh, I well, you get this. You're you've got you've got something in the in the works there as well. That's oh, so exciting. You know, it's 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 an amazing thing when you sit down and get quiet with yourself. You can realize a lot of passions that maybe one has not, you know, pursued, right? And that I think during this time has been a real "quote unquote" blessing to have the time to sit down and think about what's truly important, you know. It and, is. and I, I think it's so fantastic, you know, the children's book you've created. I, uh, I cannot wait to receive my copy, and I, I, uh, I've written one myself, not about Broadway, but I think it's interesting that you do things that you may have never done before, just because of circumstance changing. Yeah. So, you and know. why not? You know, I, I think there's the aspect of, of why not? You know, yeah. give it, a, give it a go if you've got the, the time and the energy and the passion. Then what's the worst that can happen? I mean, we've all been knocked back at times for something. We we've all gone for a job and not got it, or gone for an audition and didn't get the role. We're yeah. used to it, and and so there's nothing really to lose. And I, I was so pleased to hear that you'd got this great idea, and, and listening to how passionate you were about, you know, getting this this moving and how organically it sort of was created. And I, and I love that. I think it's it's so special. So and it, and don't, it's, don't let it fester. Exactly, exactly. And it's fun, you know? It's all about having fun. So, yeah, I, we need uh, a bit of that. Uh, where, where can we find this book on, on the socials online? What's the best place Exclusively. to Exclusively. Okay. It's at the Playbill store. It's only Great. available on uh, Playbill. Great. Great. I cannot wait. Who have been wonderful. And we have, uh, there's, a, there's a, a charity donation for each book sold being made to Broadway Cares. Uh, Equity Fights Age charity, which we love dearly, and um, the team over there, Tom and and the gang, have been absolutely phenomenal and so supportive with what we're doing. And um, so there's a there's a, a really wonderful, warm opportunity there to to support a charity too, which we're thrilled about. So um, thank you. It's fantastic. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up today? No, that's been a lot. I yes. feel like I've just talked and talked. <laughs> It's been a fantastic conversation. I really appreciate you doing this. Thanks, I hope you had everything. I hope you got everything that you, you needed there. And, uh, I really enjoyed chatting with you. And let's let's catch up soon. And uh, let's see what we can do to help you with this book thing as well. And uh, and hopefully we can have a, a cup of tea or a pint of Guinness or something at some point when when rules allow. I love that. I love that. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Russell Miller. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. 